Good morning and welcome to Jew in the City Speaks with your host, Allison Josephs, also known as Jew in the City. Um, for those of you who have listened before, who uh, are regular fans and readers of JewInTheCity.com, you know that our mission is dedicated to breaking down stereotypes of Orthodox Jews and showing people who defy stereotypes, um, highlighting Orthodox Jews who are truly embodying Torah values, bringing kindness and goodness into the world. At times, we're speaking out against problems in the Orthodox world, you know, people that are going against our values, but who are unfortunately getting media attention for these things. Um, so today we're going to highlight a couple individuals who um, are very much embodying Torah values of bringing kindness and caring into the world. But sometimes my line of work, um, where I feel a connection on one level, brings me into something that I really don't have so much of a connection to. Um, and today's topic of kindness is related to sports. Now, just full disclosure, um, my father wanted children who liked sports. Um, he thought that was going to come about by having only boys. He only wanted boys. He got stuck with three girls. Um, so one of my lines from one of the main talks that I give, he really tried to sort of pass the love of sports onto my sisters and me. Um, and at a certain point, he realized that none of us were good at any physical activity that didn't require a leotard. Uh, he sort of gave up um, after that point. But, um, you know, sports was never anything that came so uh, sort of uh, easily or naturally to me. I was that kid that was always chosen last um, in, in gym class when uh, different teams were picked. My first sporting event probably was around maybe 11 years old. I went with my Hebrew school to um, a baseball game, a professional baseball game, and I basically spent the game trying to get everybody to do a wave. And um, I haven't gotten much better. Even just a few weeks ago, my husband from his firm got some tickets to a basketball game, and I really spent the game um, just trying to take like good selfies with the team behind us and look for celebrities in the front row of like the bottom uh, like, you know, by the court side because I know that's where sometimes celebrities come. But the people that we are going to speaking to today um, are sports lovers, sports enthusiasts, and are taking their passion for sports to help the world. And I'm aware that just because I'm a little bit of a loser in this area doesn't mean that much of the world don't love sports, don't enjoy it. And so um, I think it's fabulous to take the things that do speak to you to try to uh, make the world a better place. And on that note, we're going to bring on today Mike Dube and Yoni Greenstein to tell us about um, a beautiful organization they founded called Sharing Seats. Mike and Yoni, welcome. Thank you. Good Thanks. morning. Good doing? afternoon. Sorry, guy. Yeah, good morning. Uh, then sorry if my intro sort of made you say, who the heck are we speaking to right now? I just, you know, sort of want to put it out there. I've always been friends with athletes, and I guess they sort of, you know, um, my best friend was a runner in high school. Another one was uh, a swimmer. And I have a lot of re respect for people that, uh, you know, are in the athletic field. It was never just really my thing. So can you tell us a little bit about... Did both of you uh, grow up observant? Uh, yes. Yes, and Yoni said yes, and Michael also. Uh, ob observant with a twist. <laughs> what was your twist? Uh, the, the twist was that um, as you get older, you get a little different uh, viewpoint uh, or a different uh, view of, of what you define in terms of religion and orthodoxy. Yeah. And I, I guess as at 42, the most important thing to me about religion is being a good person and everything else stems from there. So that's what I mean with it. I had a, a confused twist as a kid, but thank God as an adult and a parent and a father, now I have a real understanding of, uh, of orthodoxy. I, I grew up in Muncie, New York, Zizioni, um, which is a fairly orthodox community. And But I also have that uh, open mind and my mom's from Omaha, Nebraska. My wife's from Savannah, Georgia. So uh, I have an out-of-town, open-minded understanding, all different backgrounds and aspects of Jew Jewish life out there. So uh, I guess you guys, we, we've both been uh, 
exposed to all different religions, uh, I mean, levels of religions and backgrounds. So, you know, what? I think that really, unfortunately, um, you know, closed-mindedness or being judgmental has sort of, you know, gone hand-in-hand or people connect it with orthodoxy that it's closed off. But I think ultimately, you know, we're told don't judge another person until you've stood in his place. Judge all people, you know, um, you know, with, uh, with Don the Kafskas, what, uh, with a, a measure of, uh, you know, um, open-mindedness or it's it's troubling to me that um that for sure these elements exist within the orthodox world but then also that that's how our community is being defined because i think ultimately giving and you know giving back to the world and being a good person if you you know summing up the torah on one foot is what hillel did for the would-be convert and he told him what's hurtful to you don't do to another so i think Ultimately, that is what, um, you know, being a religious Jew is about. I'll tell you, actually, you know, when I started my own journey of observance, it wasn't a whole organization, but I started keeping more kosher and started dressing more modestly and started keeping Shabbos. We had spent a week in San Francisco before my freshman year of college started, and I was seeing all of these homeless people around, and I wanted to give money to them, and my parents said, you can't do that. You're not sure how they're going to use it. And I said, okay, but maybe they're hungry. Well, what can I do? If I'm a religious Jew, maybe I need to do something. So I said to my mom, can you buy me a big container of peanut butter and a big container of jelly? Because I'm going to be in Manhattan soon at college. I went to school in the city. And um, I started buying a loaf of bread every week. And I, I have to admit that I didn't keep up with this, like, you know, for years and years. But I was just carrying peanut butter and jelly sandwiches around with me because I wanted that to be that, you know, that part of my religious experience and practice is not just saying a blessing before I eat, but it's also, you know, doing kindness for the world. So can you guys tell us a little bit about the kindness that you're doing? What is sharing seats? So uh, this is Yoni. Uh, sharing seats, basically, the concept started about six years ago. Um, I was, um, I, I work in corporate America and a lot of times I'd come across, uh, tickets through work or whatever, through friends. And, um, I volunteer with different organizations and I realized that, you know, there is some this energy and excitement about going to a game. A lot of times when I didn't, when I wasn't interested in have time, whatever it was to go to a game, I'd reach out to organization and give it to these kids who could use a pick me up, you know, a kid going through, uh, chemo treatments, a kid who's stuck in a wheelchair. I mean, going to a game and just being that, having that distraction from life. Uh, life's hardships is just a, a a great you know way out. Um, so I've been doing that you know I'm just like up by myself for a few years, and then like uh, about two or three years ago, I had this one request, which is a tough one. It was the first game of the Stanley Cup Finals, and somebody put me so somebody suggested Mike, who's a chesed man himself, and Mike was helping me out with that. And we ended up getting this kid a crazy experience at the at the uh, st- first game of the Stanley Cup, and this we we pulled this together within 24 hours. And for Mike, he just doesn't like pick up things and, and walk away. He's been a powerhouse and helping sharing seats in our in the whole tri-state area and even beyond um, for the past two years and so, uh, taking it to a place that would have been uh, would not have been without him. So, um, so that's uh, that's how we got to Mike and Mike could tell you about it also. I know he's a uh, he's a little modest, but I'm gonna try I, and I apologize for putting him out there. But he's been uh, incredible to us and he's like he's he's become part of the family. Thank you for that. Uh for that feedback. Um, Allison, I still want to get back to the fact that you were always picked last and uh, <laughs> thought that you were a loser, but we'll do that for another radio show. We can uh, have uh, some yeah, self-esteem with my athletic abilities. That'll be for the next show. Right, that's something that we could work on in, a, in another point. Um, you know, thank God my life has been relatively filled with chesed because I really believe in terms of, you know, we're physical and a spiritual being. And, you know, in terms of you can really take the spiritual and turn it in, into physical. And one thing about orthodoxy, which we didn't really touch on, is that 
orthodoxy gives people a tremendous amount of discipline because there's a time and a place for everything. And, you know, that was just on the orthodoxy point. Um, as far as sharing seats, I mean, I've always been an avid, you know, sports lover and, you know, I love to play. I'm still involved. My whole world revolves around kids and sports in terms of my company, Dube Zone. But in terms of sports, you know, there are kids, there are people out there that have so many different challenges. And when you send an individual, a family, a mother, somebody that's going through a tough time to a sporting event for three, four hours, they're totally able to just, you know, sort of let loose and not think about the challenges that they're going through. And, you know, the way it works in our orthodoxy world is that good news, you know, good news spreads fast, bad news spreads even faster. Sure. And, you know, sharing seats has sort of become a conduit for people that have excess tickets to sporting events around the United States. And we've really been able to hook people up in terms of nationwide. And one of the great things about sharing seats is that we empower other people to get involved, to sponsor, to donate tickets. But we're very, very prudent on making sure that everyone that makes a donation besides getting a receipt, you know, a few weeks later, we make sure that they get a picture and a thank you letter from the person that went to the event. Mm -hmm. And then it really touches their heart and we really motivate others to do good. And I think that's what the world is really about. When you do good, you feel good. For sure. Probably also exercising makes you feel good too. I should do that too. Um, so can you share with us some stories? Are there any like anecdotes or, you know, stories in particular of a kid suffering from this and who they got to meet or what they got to do that, that stick out in your mind? Well, going back to that first story, um, the one that I met Mike at, I, people asked me like, you know, for us, we're just the middle people. We're, you know, uh, we have the people who are, another thing about the, our donors and our sponsors, they, for the most part, they don't even know who they're giving to. We, we're very careful about being confidential uh, even when we give feedback, we edit out the names. Um, but like, but um, but these people give selflessly. They don't expect anything back. They don't even know who they're helping. They just know they're putting it, their tickets in our hands, and we're going to help somebody because of their generosity. Um, uh, Mike and I. So again, we're the middle people, and we don't necessarily know the way it affects people. But our first um, our first project um, that we had was this 12 year old girl. Um, who um, we sent to that game that I was telling you about the Stanley Cup Finals. Unfortunately, uh, she, she succumbed to her illness a few months later, and she passed away in the, end of the year. And Mike and I, we both went to make, pay Shiva calls. And just out of respect, because we got to know the family a little bit through you know the project. And until we, when we sat down um, at the Shiva, like I kind of like went to sit in the back, you know, just kind of like paying my respects. And they were kind of like, like you know, pointing us out like what we did and like the, and the effect that had on their child and things like that. And like. I didn't realize like the long-term effect that like sending a kid to a game for a few hours um, could really have in their spirit and their whole like you know they say you know sometimes laughter is the best medicine so yeah. sometimes I guess going to a game this energy you know you can watch a game on television but when you go to like a stadium or an arena when you have thousands of people cheering there's just like you know there's this electricity that goes through you and I I think kids like they enjoy it and they carry on with that and. That's like that, you know. That is one of the things that carry on with me till today. Even till today, when I will bump into these these this family, um, it's just we still have this uh, relationship, so to say, about that starting from that one time that we were able to reach out and help their daughter. So that's one story that sticks out with me. Yeah, Allison, let me uh, just tell you. You know, there there are many many stories, and like anything in life, sometimes when you do something long long enough, you become a little desensitized to it. Because mm -hmm. some of the stories that come through our inbox, I, I mean. You know, they're a little scary. 
to think that parents and kids have to go through some of these challenges um, because it ranges from, you know, the special needs child to the kid that's fighting cancer to the siblings of the kid. Um, there really is, is no end. And another thing which is really important to mention, especially because you focused on orthodoxy, is that, you know, when the orthodox do something wrong, it's all over the place. But rarely do they ever focus on all the great things that the orthodox people do on a macro level. So I give you a lot of uh, a big shout out and kudos to what you do in terms of, you know, shedding light on the orthodox people, because, you know, what we do, we hook tickets up for everyone, orthodox, black, white, orange, green. It does not make a difference. We don't need to know exactly what the lengths of the story are. If we have the ability to help that we can. One particular story um, which sticks out is unfortunately um, I had been in the five towns for Shabbos and I was at a friend for a kiddish, and somebody told me. Being in the five towns is not unfortunate, right? No, no, so no. That part. Yeah, not at all. Yeah, there were know. great, great people out there. <laughs> but when I went for kiddish at a friend's house on, on Friday night, they told me about a nine-year-old boy whose father passed away a few years ago, and his mother just passed away. Hmm. So instantly, once you hear something like that, you know, there are two reactions. Either A, I feel really bad, and then you move on with your life, or hmm. B, what can I do about it? So obviously I reached out to the people that were connected to them and that next after Shabbos, literally, we were on the phone. We found out that he was a big, that he was a sports fan. We got him to a football game that Sunday. His birthday was last week. We got him to Aladdin and we're going to surprise him at the end of the month with the Ranger game. But the, the, you know, there's been so much happiness for this child that he's sort of been a little distracted. But one of the important things is that this kid cannot get forgotten about. And that's sometimes a challenge. But, you know, I've used social media and so is sharing seats instead of telling people that I'm going to the gym or I'm getting an iced coffee. I've used social media with a few thousand friends. And I say, quote unquote, friends that are constantly getting involved, sharing my status and empowering other people to get involved. And on top of that, now a lot of parents all over the United States are reaching out to sharing seats to find out bar mitzvah and chesed projects for their children. Hmm. so that they can empower them also. So really, social media can be used for incredible things. So, you know, there, there, there's no end to any stories. But one thing I'll tell you, which makes a big difference in my world, is my wife always says, if you're going to do the mitzvah, just do it the right way. Because some, not, not to hold the grudge, not to think about it, but sometimes something like this, you wake up at six in the morning, they're already requesting your inbox or an hour before a game. Hmm. But uh, I'd rather be involved on our side and sort of hedge my world out, knowing that we have the benefit to help so many people around the world. For sure. So tell me, so how did it go from just kind of like an idea of this might be a nice way to connect some excess tickets with some people in need to we've got something here. This is a real organization, because I think a lot of people, how do you sort of struggle between this could be an idea to taking this to something bigger? Can, can either of you guys speak to, to how that sort of sure. process happened? So basically, like I said, when I started originally, it was more like getting tickets through work mostly and just, you know, we'd get, sometimes you get like a bunch of seats and just start handing them out yeah. and I'd do more and more often and the, and the feed, and I just basically gave it and just forgot about it. And I, when, every time I get more tickets, just give it and that's the end of it. Yeah. Then I'm getting feedback of like how, like, there's really nothing out there that, that focuses on event tickets, whether we don't want to do sporting, mostly we do mostly sporting, we also do concerts and theaters and other different events and circuses, et cetera. So, but the feedback I've been getting was like very, very like, positive and like eventually, Yoni, you got to start 
you know, just start an organization that does this. And yeah. this way people will know and they, they'll know, you know, just like people go to StubHub to sell their tickets, they'll come to sharing seats to, you know, to distribute their tickets. And we are 501c3. So so back then, a couple years ago, we set up, you know, we get, we did all our accounting work and, and legal things and we set up our 501c3. This way people felt more comfortable about donating the tickets. Sure. And over the past a year or two, we go, we've gone from the tri-state era. Now we have a branch in Chicago, Los Angeles. We're in the process of this month of setting something up in Baltimore, Silver Spring, Dallas, South Florida, eventually Toronto. We have, we have requests literally from all over the country, even like mm -hmm. national, um, to set up branches using the same concept and using our same our, our same way of doing things. And like Mike said before, our, the unique way when we create experience for these kids, it's, it's we're actually creating two experiences because we're very careful as much as we can. Like, you know, when able to get some kind of feedback, whether a thank you or a picture or both, um, we share that experience with a donor. And this way, the two people share experience, the recipient by going to the game and the donor has an experience by understanding what they did to help a total stranger who, who they might not ever meet in their life. So we're creating double experiences. And I think that's what makes us unique. And people really feel like, you know, once you give once, they want to keep on giving because it's a feel good all around. Sure. Do you have I'll, a sense? Oh, yeah, yeah so let me just interject for a second because it's just funny uh, via Skype. Literally in my inbox, I just got tickets for on Shabbos. So hopefully no Orthodox Jews will, will take them. We're also very careful on making sure that if anyone is a Sabbath observer, we prefer them not using any of the Sabbath tickets. You know, I literally just got two incredible tickets to the Knicks versus Charlotte, uh, one third, one o'clock on Saturday. Yeah. So once I put that on social media, I'll also put a little disclaimer that we prefer that somebody who's not a Sabbath observer or Jewish use these tickets. Sure. So <laughs> we literally get tickets without even asking anymore. But when we do put a request on Facebook, I could say 99% of the time we have filled the request and a lot of repeat people also. Hmm. That's part of the reason when it started, a lot of my friends, so to say, who would give me tickets were giving me for Friday night or Shabbos games. Mm -hmm. and like I said, we, we won't knowingly give to a Jewish person because we are observant and we do care for that. And again, to each our own, I have to judge anybody, but we won't knowingly give to another Jewish person to go on Shabbos. So that being said, when we find, when we get these tickets, which come along, especially from the Jewish people, we... Um, we've, we've started to become like nonpartisan, you know, uh, yeah. um, nonpartial and everybody, all backgrounds, religion, things like that. This way everybody gets included and it's created a great like, you know, Kiddush Hashem uh, out there. And uh, uh, even like uh, last week we sent like a group of uh, people to a, uh, a Giants game in the suite and we had like a couple of Jewish groups, a couple of non-Jewish groups. And like the, the feedback that I got was just like so heartwarming like just like the way everybody's working together and the way they feel good about what we're doing so it just encourages us to do more and more and Allison, also i was uh i've never been called the jewish santa <laughs> one of the women woman who runs an incredible organization for special needs children really puts her heart and soul and is also fighting an illness now so hopefully she should have speedy recovery her autistic um grandson who does not talk said the smile on his face when he was on the field and we went the extra step to get him on the field, he said, was priceless. And she made a video testimonial for us to post that, that called myself the Jewish Santa and sharing seats a God-given agency. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, what more in this world could you ask for than mm -hmm. you, you, when you put yourself out for somebody a little and you see the results like this? I mean, this is what, this is what it's all about, really giving back. Um, do you guys know how many uh, people you're helping a year? Are you keeping track of that? Or 
it, it's tough to keep track of. Um, we, we don't really have a number, but I'd say since we started, probably in the thousands because you have com- corporations that have also donated suites and we send different organizations. We're really a organization that deals with anyone and everyone. So I'm def- for sure close to at least a thousand, right. maybe even more, but you know, like anything, you don't keep track, you know? It's not even, I'm sorry, it's not even the quantity, the quality, the tickets that we send kids to, these experiences, like even like last night, um, uh, yesterday, I was saying, there was a Knicks game last night where we sent people, the 10 people, the average ticket was over $200 each. Like, we're not just sending them into the nosebleed season or anything like that. And, and on the same note, um, both myself and Mike, like, we both have full-time jobs. This is, like, something right now that we're doing on the side. And, like, you know, I think... I. Uh, like, for example, when I come home, and that's why kudos to my wife for putting up with me for this. Like last same night, here, same here. Last night, an hour, we, we got tickets an hour. The game was 7.30. At 6.30, we're working to like find a, a good qualified recipient to uh, the next game an hour later, which thank God we found somebody, a family who who's uh, one of the individuals have cancer right now and they need an outing. But like my, you know, thank God, like I said, when we come home, it, it's, it still continues. And like, you know, big shout out to my wife who helps me, encourages me to do this, like even on uh, our own personal family time. And I know Mike is also, Mike's always on the, is uh, uh, always on the game, no matter what time of day, uh, 25 hours. I mean, what happens else is, you know, you get tickets at no one, you get requests and you really try. It's like anything in life. You know, when an opportunity comes away, you hear about a shiva call. Oh, I feel terrible. Okay, I'll get back to it. Then it's gone. Yeah. I can't tell you how many times I've paid shiva calls and I'm a day late. So it's like when opportunities come your way such as this, you need to be proactive and you need to move forward with it. And, and thank God for social media. But, you know, like I said, it's I don't think there's any greater feeling in the world than doing something for somebody else and not even knowing that person. So, you know, the, the, hopefully I, I make this joke all the time. Hopefully God's a sports fan and I'll, I'll get a seat at the table. But, uh, you know, there's a lot of pain out there and we have the ability through also empowering other people to really ease some of that pain. And uh, one of my rabbis who I'm very close with just said to me that when you visit the sick or you do a good deed, you remove one sixtieth of their pain. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we're fortunate that we get other people involved and, you know, organizations and companies like yourself able to, to help spread the word on, uh, on what we do. And also just, just to clarify, um, we don't only help like, you know, kids who are going through an illness. Um, we help kids who, um, who are going through complicated family situations, uh, people from extreme poverty, anybody basically who needs a pick me up. And it's not about your social status. It's not about sometimes like, you know, people just want to know that somebody else cares. And the fact that we reach out, it just makes them feel better. So basically, you know, would you, our goal is to give a distraction from life's hardships, whatever they may be. Um, and that's basically what we're trying to promote. We're trying to, and again, for the, all those listening, um, not beside, we're not, we don't always look for tickets. We also look for recipients. Like just cause you know, maybe if you could say, if you know somebody in your community who needs a pick me up, who's, who's going through tough times and like, you know, you think that they could use an outing out, please reach out to us, uh, whether it's through social media or you could go to, um, our website, which is being built, sharingseats.org. We have uh, a contact information on there because like, yeah, if you want to either, um, suggest somebody, or even if it's for yourself, we've got personal requests also, you know, people telling us this is a situation and we'll try to help them out also. So we're not only asking people for tickets, we're also asking people for suggestions. Is it for kids only or it's for adults too? Or how do you? No, it's, it's not for, I mean, we primarily help kids because unfortunately, I mean, there's a sensitivity. I think people always, 
you know, want to, you know, they feel that, that, that bigger need to like when there's a kid, but yeah. no, anybody, we've, we've helped veterans. Um, we, um, we had one situation where there was a, uh, there's a, um, I can't give too much information about somebody who lost their only child in Afghanistan, hmm. um, uh, during, uh, you know, about 10 years ago. Or so, so we sent them to an event. I mean, they're different, you know, they're different, uh, Every, like there's different situations, so yeah, it's not only children. Again, we probably mostly help children, but like it's families and, and individuals who just need that pick me up, need that little outing, and that's who we're trying to help out. To and again, a lot of these tickets, I've heard stories where people had tickets worth thousands of dollars, just like literally thrown in the garbage because you know we're not going and we didn't think otherwise. It's a business expense, and yeah, well, who cares? You know, now they're starting to think, hey, we're not going. Let's reach out to sharing seats. They'll make something good out of it. Do you get to meet these recipients directly or are you just like sort of the middleman that just is, you know, making these things happen from afar, but they're going to the game and never meeting you? Well, depending on the situation, you know, rarely, I'd say maybe 10% of the time, do we ever get the opportunity to meet any of the recipients? Mm -hmm. uh, there are those few times where I've delivered tickets to a hospital or to a home where, you know, I've been able to present it directly to the recipient. Mm -hmm. uh, but the majority of the time, so much is done via email um, but you know, w when you get to meet that recipient, it's extremely, extremely humbling. Sure. Uh, but it, it's not, it's not the most common thing that we, that we do that. that I ask that because I'm curious if, you know, some of the non-Orthodox or non-Jewish recipients of this, if they are aware, like who is organizing this, have you ever gotten any feedback from someone saying like, huh, a religious Jew is doing that or it never came out like that? Well, we've been on NBC News uh, featured, and we're both wearing a yam because proudly uh, we've been in a lot of different um, um, newspaper articles and things like that. So we're definitely not hiding the fact that we're Orthodox Jews, and we're not hiding, you know, who we are. We're very proud of it. So um, I, I don't, we don't, we're not necessarily looking for that recognition. We're just, you know, like I said, being, especially the fact that we are wearing our kippahs and we are out there. We know that we have, we have, you know, we have an expectation, and people. Um, you know, people do look at us and we have to make that, you know, that right impression on people also. So I, I don't, I don't, I mean, like I said, being called um, the Jewish uh, Santa is you know, a statement in itself, I guess. But I think people realize, you know, who we are, but that, that's not about why we're doing it. So, but, you know, what I'll tell you is a very interesting thing that we've picked up on here. Um, and I think this is something that as an Orthodox community, we really must be aware of this. So you're called the Orthodox, uh, sorry, the Jewish Santa. Tamir Goodman, also another fellow Orthodox sports yes. person, was Old called friend. the Jewish Jordan. Right. The Maccabees are called a Jewish a cappella group from Yeshiva University. It's right. very interesting. A lot of people don't realize this. When we do nice things that, that the rest of the world understands or can you know believe in or think is, is something good, we get called Jewish. When we do something bad, like abuse or steal or throw rocks, we get called orthodox or ultra-orthodox. And it's a real frustration that I have that we have at Jew in the City that the good actions are just associated. And it's good to have a general Jewish positivity. I'm not you know, downplaying that at all. But even between interdenominationally, for non-orthodox Jews to recognize that the way that you guys are living, this, this is the essence of being an observant Jew, is, is putting kindness into the world. So um, it's really a frustration that um, you're the Jewish Santa, not the Orthodox Jewish Santa, because I think if it's going to come out for the bad stuff, it should come out for the good stuff as well. You know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. That's uh, unfortunately the world that we live in. And all we could all strive for is to try to do as much good as we can. But the Orthodox do get labeled a lot. And, uh, you know, like I tell kids all the time, 
you know, if you're wearing a yarmulke, you're representing something much bigger than you. So you just need to be a little bit more extra careful when you're wearing that yarmulke because people are always watching you and judging you. So just tell, tell everyone one more time how they can get involved. If you have extra tickets that you're not going to use or if you or someone you know is going through some difficult time, please let them know what they can do to reach out to either um, donate tickets or, um, or get a, a free seat to an event. So right now, the, the two best ways are first through social media. Go to our webpage at Sharing Seats on Facebook where you can just like private message us um, and, and, and we'll get the message over through that way. Or like I said, our website is under construction, sharingseats.org. But we do have an email right now. We're using sharingseats at gmail.com. Um, you can send us a message and we'll try to respond to you. You know, like I said, we can't promise anything, but we can try. And that's what we do. Um, I'll, but I'll, I would say I'll, most of the time, I would say over 90% of requests get filled in a very timely manner. But like even like uh, within a week ago, a week or two ago, there was a, we had a request from about six months ago, which we finally were able to um, fulfill. There's a family with three kids, I believe, in wheelchairs, which we finally had a certain situation which is able to accommodate their needs being wheelchair, wheelchair accessibility. So again, if it's not, you know, right away, we do, you know, we do keep your request in our, like our inbox and we try to help as many people as possible. And again, and with giving out tickets, if you have tickets to give out, great. If you don't, if you, we have also people who want to sponsor. We have, again, we have never solicited, but like people who come to us say, hey, we don't have tickets, but here's a, a check for X amount. Do me a favor, please uh, let it go towards a, uh, uh, an event, which we'll either buy on StubHub or we'll use towards like maybe buying somebody a jersey, just something to enhance their experience. And again, I was, like, once we're like, you know, talking about a public crowd, I want to thank a lot of the arenas um, who we, we've developed a relationship with who help, help us take it to the next level. Again, we can just not all the time, but in certain situations, we'll bring a kid onto the field or onto the, uh, the, the court of a basketball court or get them a signed jersey or ball, whatever's like that. So we have to, we have, thanks to them as well for all their, their help. And we're, we're still, we're new, we're growing. Like I said, we're, we're popping up in different cities throughout the country. And um, with, the, with the right support and the right people behind us, um, we'll keep on growing and helping more people. Thank you so much. We're, oh, so we're, I'm sorry, we're so we're out of time right now, but I really appreciate you guys joining us today and, and sharing these stories and this inspiration. And um, I, I wish you much success in, in uh, everything moving forward. Thank you so much, Allison. Thanks, Allison. Good luck to you. All Thanks the best. so much, you too. All the best. Bye-bye. Adding kindness to the world is really one of the most basic things about being a religious Jew. I hope that these stories today have inspired you um, to th wonder and think about how you can add kindness to the world. And um, please tune in next week to Jew in the City Speaks.